electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Looking for the bounce after the worst day for the Dow and the S&P in more than two years. A lot of coronavirus warnings, this time from MasterCard, United, Philips. But Home Depot is a bright spot. Europe started green, uh, currently red. Ten-year, 137. Case-Shiller home prices up 3.8 year on year. Our roadmap begins with a turnaround Tuesday. Maybe stocks set to bounce at the open as markets attempt to recover from the worst drop since uh, 20. Plus, shares of Moderna are surging. The drug maker shipping the first batch of its coronavirus vaccine to U.S. government researchers as the World Health Organization warns the outbreak has the potential to become a pandemic. And the big tech tumble, the top performing sector just last week, losing more than $200 billion in market value yesterday and set to fall again at the open today. So as stocks come off, as we said, the worst day in a couple of years, the coronavirus numbers continue to climb both in, uh, in and outside China. Total confirmed cases now exceed 80,000, deaths surpassing 2,700. Heading into the session, the Dow and the S&P are in negative territory for the year. We got new cases for the first time in Austria, Croatia, Oman and Bahrain added some. Uh, the Iranian deputy health minister has tested positive. Jeez. So it's uh, there's you can't read all the headlines, Jim. They're coming too too quickly. No, and I, I think Iran and Italy are the two that I think people are focused on. But all these others, these I mean, they always seem to develop in clusters because it is so so easy to get. Uh, but remember, it's not easy to die from. You have to have ten, typically diabetes or some uh, function of respiratory weakness, perhaps because of smoking. Perhaps because the air in Wuhan, because the death rate's higher. I'm not being a Pollyanna, but I just think that you got to at least put that in. Well, but there's so much we don't know about, including the death rate itself. No, we don't, because the Chinese very have not let Dr. Fauci in it's very so to find out what's going on. What the death rate really is. Those who are in the hospital, the death rate's fairly high. Very high. Right. Scarily Among the elderly, high. especially. Yes, yes, the elderly is high. So you could say that it's 2%, but if you're part of the 2%, well, you're 100%. It's yeah, it's uh, it's dangerous. I guess what I what you know, I know you've been talking to as many people as you can. I I tend to talk to people who are talking to experts and occasionally actually do stumble on one as well. And there does seem to be this sense that it's it's just a matter of time. It got away till it gets everywhere. And it's not about containment as as much as about mitigation. But it's important to remember that Dr. Fauci and I keep referring to him because he's the guy who identified the AIDS virus. He kept saying from the beginning, look, we're not going to be able to contain it. We just want to be able to slow it. And I don't know why everyone is suddenly saying, you know what, how come it can't be contained? When the top guy in our country, the day after the Super Bowl, said, we can't contain it. Right. Right. I mean, he was very abject. He only needed to have cut off travel all over the world immediately. Right. Um, And, you know, somebody made the point, humanity has to win every single time. The virus only has to win once, right? Well, that and, makes it very difficult. That's very good. And the game changer here is you can 
have travel restrictions, but the asymptomatic nature of the virus means people will get through not presenting symptoms, still sick. That is the real, that's the troubling part here. I went to Spain for Fashion Week last year. Uh, it was in Orton, you could just go and tell you that the majority of people were were Asians, China. And why were they there? Well, if you ask the major designers, which I did, it was to copy because that's per- perfectly reasonable. But, I mean, it, it was heavily Chinese. And I think it happened again this year. Uh, well, why else? You, know, you have the oh, whole outbreak. That's why it's getting to Italy. Right. I mean, it was just a, right. a tremendous number. And we were like... Yep. You know, I remember going to Brunello Cuccinelli, and I was one of the few uh, Americans. It was largely Chinese. And I said to myself, geez, you know, this is, wow, Fashion Week is incredible. It attracts the world. Uh, and now let's say you go to Malpensa Airport. You're, you just came back from, me, just came back from the fashion show. I get in. I don't have, you know, it's been one day. I get into JFK. Uh, I sit down here with you guys, and maybe you fist pump me. Maybe you do anything. But if you shake my hand... Well, sorry. Um, which you is, touch your face. It's a good wow. point, and we we kind of have kidded about it. But in all seriousness, no, you can't kid about it. You, if we were to stop shaking hands in this country, we would have a much better chance of mitigation. Without Remember that doubt. I okay. mean, it, it sounds some people say silly. It's not. No, it's doc- an actual thing. If we came up with just give people the peace sign. Doctor Mark Bristow did a huge amount of business. He's the CEO of Barrick. A huge amount of gold business in the middle of the Ebola, in the middle of the of the Ebola epidemic. And they, no one shook hands and he didn't get it. Now you can say, well, that's not as easy to get as this. Oh, give me a break. You know, that's that's deadly. But you have, all have to adopt new ways. You don't touch your face. You don't shake hands. Uh, you wash your hands constantly. All right. Meanwhile, the what? fear of the virus is going to have potentially what are going to be the economic knock-on effects of it paralyzing various parts of uh, the world or anything else. Well, I mean, do you want to be in a big gathering? Mm-hmm. Do you? Because it's it's the fear already that is obviously what the markets are reacting to in terms of what it's going to mean. People not showing up, gatherings not occurring, travel slowing travel, down travel, airplanes, just our hotels. I mean, all the things you know. You carry the wipes everywhere, but you recognize that you're really helpless. David asked me before, if you went on an airplane, would you go with the very sophisticated 3M mask? Okay, we've been trying to get one for four weeks, all right? Mm-hmm. Four weeks. My wife is very diligent. You know, Lisa. Mm-hmm. You can't get it. They're not available. Now, I know 3M's trying. Well, they're but trying. You, they're making as much as they can, and they've got well, a lot of different customers to satisfy, eBay? including enormous demand from Asia, well beyond what they've ever seen. Right. So, and, and the people who and have their to, typical customers who they're trying to provide, who, who've always used them. Right. Construction workers here can't get their own masks. Now, are we paranoid? No, we're going to go away. Well, actually, we're probably going to cancel and go away if we can't get those darn masks. Uh, yeah. A lot of, as Helene Becker, airline analyst, told us yesterday, look for more domestic travel. As uh, international trips get called off, parents oh, say, forget yeah. going to Europe for spring break. Um, we're going to get to all the, the corporate reaction, the MasterCard news and the United news. But the president did address the virus at a press conference in India. Take a listen. People are getting better. They're all getting better. Uh, we brought in some Americans uh, from a ship because it was really the right thing to do. And they're in quarantine. And uh, we think they'll be in very good shape very, very soon. I think that whole situation will start working out. A lot of talent, a lot of brain power is being put behind it. Two and a half 
billion dollars we're putting in. I see that uh, Chuck Schumer criticized that he thought it should be more. And if I gave more, he'd say it should be less. Uh, comes on the heels of Larry Kudlow last night telling The Washington Post uh, Americans should consider buying this dip, referring to the market decline. Well, I mean, I, I think if you have no stocks, no, I mean, a lot of cash possible. But if you're, most people already have a lot. If you have no S&P exposure, I don't think it's so bad. But I will tell you this. I think the president's dead right about Moderna. Moderna is real. They, have, they were on my show a couple times on med money, and they know how to develop vaccines better than anyone. They use AWS, they use Amazon Web Services, they use an RA basis to try to figure out the blueprint of the DNA. And what's amazing, and what will happen with Moderna, is that typically it would take many, many months to get to where they would do the vaccine. They are accelerating this thing, and if they give it to China, then you are going to find out very quickly what I think China would do is they would immediately give you the vaccine, then they try to infect you. We have much more, you know, we're a little bit more strict. Sometimes the immune response is what kills you, right? You get the cytokine storm. I mean, have they come up with a vaccine for SARS? Uh, no. No, but they've came up with a vaccine for Ebola. Yeah. Or Generon did that. Yeah, but I'm just Ebola saying that the typical, virus. like, let's say. The we president said they're close on an Ebola virus today. Well, well look, no, if you, I mean, and we don't know what Gilead's got to do, whether theirs is good. But let's just point out that this is not the way vaccines are made. They are take. They are moving like this. I mean, tip, I'm, I'm developing this drug. It's been like seven months tied up with the you know, with the IRB. Then you get through the uh, review board. Then you get through the review board. You do a mini trial. And then if you do a mini trial, you do point yeah, one point right, to make then sure it doesn't kill people. We ain't doing that. Right. The Chinese ain't. They're not doing no, they that. They may not. You're and right. the president's right. Here's Fauci in the journal oh, today. I love him. Going into a phase one within three months of getting the sequence is unquestionably the world indoor record. Nothing has ever gone that fast. It's astonishing. I, I have thought that I had the best darn medicine in the world, and it's working. I created it with my doctor, Dr. Newman. We think it works. And you know what? You may see it on the market in a couple of years. Unbelievable. But this thing, I mean, maybe they give it to Chinese prisoners. You know, they... Why not? Well, listen. I mean, I don't mean to imply the that they are. The better you know, if, in fact, it is effective and safe. That would be quite a thing. But this is, Fauci's right. This is unprecedented. I mean, to get this fast to where you're giving a healthy person a disease? Do you know how hard that is in this country? After all the things that we decided not to do after Tuskegee? After Tuskegee, we said we would never do this. After Tuskegee, where we, yes. where we actually yes. gave healthy people uh, syphilis. Black soldiers, and we did it. And that's why we don't do this stuff. But this is an emergency. David, you'll, I almost touched you. You will be very glad that the Chinese are going to break the rules and that we're going so fast. And it's really remarkable. And you, I can't stress how, hard, how amazing this is, how quickly they're doing it. It's been really fabulous. Uh, let's uh, hope it, it goes according to plan. Yeah. Uh, for more on the impact, of course, in China, let's get to our Eunice Yoon, as usual, in Beijing. Hi, Eunice. Hey guys, well, Chinese health officials have said that the epidemic here has peaked. And in fact, we had another province called Anhui, which lowered its emergency response level. At the same time, the country here is still definitely not back to business as usual. For example, state media reported tonight that China is going to roll out an additional $71 billion to support loans for small businesses. Uh, the authorities here are also going to cut value-added taxes from 3 to 1% and waive it for businesses in the episode center of Hubei province. This comes after the authorities said that the rate of resumption of work 
for SMEs is only 30 percent. The authorities have also said that、uh, a lot of projects in the transportation industry, especially railways, highways,、uh, airports, all of them have stalled, and a lot of those rely on migrant workers、uh, who are either reluctant to travel. Or restricted to travel. Now, this also comes as many schools have extended their closures. Guangdong Province, a big manufacturing hub, has said that it is going to stay shut, or its campuses are going to stay shut until further notice. While students resume their studies online from March second, Hong Kong schools are also going to stay closed until April twentieth. And you see this conflict in the priorities of the of the policymakers here. On the one hand, they want to support growth, get people back. Into their offices. On the other hand,、uh, they're worried about the spread of the virus and a second wave of ca- of cases. In fact, in our office, in the elevator of our building, there was a new notice up that said that、uh, only four people are allowed to be in the elevator at the same time. So, in other words, we could work, we just can't really get too close to each other in the elevator, guys. Uh, unbelievable, Eunice.、Um, we'll be checking in with you, obviously, as late as you can stay up. Our Eunice Yoon,、uh, where it's evening、she's、right now in、is. Beijing. Can I just say she's the、she's、best? She's incredible.、Yes. Most people would not want to be there. Most people would not be willing to do what she's doing. She, I am so proud that I work with her. We're grateful for you, Eunice, and our viewers are too. It does bring us, Jim, to need him today on Apple. We assume normal supply demand by June one. The longer it takes after that, the greater threat to September launches, which is a third of revenue. Well, we do know from Katie Uberty this morning, who's the biggest Apple bull, Morgan Stanley, that we are up to the 2012 was the last time there was biggest institutional support as it is now, and、uh, 2012 was a watershed where you had to sell if you were even. Well, I, I say don't trade, own,、um, but no one knew where the bottom was, so that was obviously a, a not great note.、Uh, I continue to reiterate that if you don't think of If you bail from Fang right here aggressively, I don't know when you're going to get back in. Some of these companies don't have anything to do with China, and Apple they do have a big launch. And if you listen to Yunus, he's saying that they're part of China is coming back. It might be the part that they're doing. They have six, seven factories in Wuhan that that supply them. The other ones are not down. It may not be so bad. Obviously, the shopping in China has even with online. Has been deterred.、And、that's yes, important. Yes, it has.、Uh, Did you see, by the way, that Meg Terrell, another person, is doing a great job?、Yes. She broke a nice story today about we're going to have a trial at the University of Nebraska Medical Center for、uh, the, uh, the the Gilead drug. I don't know. Which is、These、not are... a cure, but is a right an antiviral that would but be helpful. Could、like、stop Tamiflu is for the flu. I, not I, in this case. All the things, as the president said, these things are all happening at lightning speed. I am so used to the. The other way, which is that we got to do four years of study, it's not happening. It's good. We'll get Kramer's mad dash. We'll count down to the opening bell. Obviously, got to get to Home Depot, Macy's, Mastercard, Expedia, Palo Alto.、We、got a JPM Investor Day. A lot of news. Take a look at the futures. Squawk on the streets. Back in a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGM, a leading global asset manager. 
Well, as Carl said, of course, uh, we've got a lot of corporate news to get to. And let's start off with a mad dash now. Hit Palo Alto. Shares are going to be down sharply. Yes. Now, Nikesh Aurora has done a good job trying to get this company to where it has cloud, uh, where it also, of course, just has on-prem, so to speak. And the issue is there, is some, there are some product glitches. The conference call was a little, uh, let's say, herky-jerky. I, I uh, felt from uh, the guidance cut that there really is no reason to buy it right here. Uh, there are others that are better in this space, including Proofpoint. The space has become very spotty, CyberArk missed. Uh, so what I would tell you is that there isn't any um, stability to this, given the fact that once you cut guidance in these very high multiple stocks, they don't bottom the first day. Mm-hmm. Even though I think Nikesh has done a very good job, they do not have the right product. Uh, I know he may disagree with me, but it's either they're not on the right product or not the right sales force. But um, it was very disappointing. There's a number of downgrades. So they're not executing as uh, well as yes. they could they're be, not ex- or it's more a function of the marketplace itself? No, I think that Nikesh is harder on himself and his team. I don't think he thinks they're executing well enough. I will say, going forward with Corona, you're going to have a very extended sales cycle for everybody because you're doing things remotely. You're not closing over dinner. You're not getting together. And I think people are underestimating how much it's going to hurt tech. In general. In enterprise tech. You're talking now back to Corona. Yeah. Back to the virus. You're never going to leave Corona until this thing is. No, I know. It's well, too so, easy um, to catch, David. It's just too darn easy to catch. Okay. Uh, well, we do have a lot of other corporate news, of course. Home Depot earnings, HP earnings. Macy's earnings. We're going to take a look at all of those stocks when we come back. Of course, we've got an opening bell uh, just 10 minutes away. Stay with us on Squawk in the Street. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories. Stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future. To help keep up, Chevron is increasing their U.S. oil and gas production. And they're innovating to help do it responsibly across their operations, including their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand. Since March of 09, there have been 18 2% drops on a Monday, says Bespoke. Uh, the next day, the average gain is about 1%, and we'll see if futures are going to continue that pattern here with the opening bell in just over seven minutes. Don't go away. As a reminder, you can always watch us live on the go on the CNBC app. You're watching CNBC Squawk on the Street, live from the financial capital of the world, the opening bell. In four and a half minutes, obviously, the market paying close attention to all the corporate reaction uh, to the coronavirus. We've heard from MasterCard on Mad last night. Yes. United Jabil's just out now saying they're running capacity in the range of 65 to 70. But nobody can really put hard numbers on the quarter uh, no. at this point. No. Uh, 
I just think that, I mean, everything I go through, they have to say, well, here's what, let's just take Macy's and and, uh, MasterCard. Macy's says, look, we have to talk about it. We are worried about Corona. Uh, Ajibanga retiring after a fabulous run. He took a company from 26 billion to 300 billion plus. Uh, He's retiring. It's, uh, they had to cut numbers. I think he did it at the right time. Let the next fellow come in with another cut. Not that bad, but the stock does slow 2 3%. Uh, the fact that that stock's not down more is a credit to the fact that the business is so great. Uh, Mr. Meebach has been there for a long time. Good. Uh, should be a very smooth transition. Uh, not till the I end of the not, year, right? Right. I just, yeah, he ain't going anywhere. And then he's exec chair yes, for a while. Exactly. So, I mean, people who want to sell that stock, oh, go ahead. I, I think it's dumb. Escort and Visa are just money-making machines. Oh, you, what look a, at 10 business. years on both of them. The only question I have is not just, maybe it's, it's not that hard to run these businesses. I don't know. They just seem to no, print no, money. That's not fair. Well, not Visa's had like three different He's CEOs fantastic. and it never lets up. Well, they've had great managers. It's Charlie Sharf, Kelly. I mean, that, but that's uh, just unbelievable. And if you look at the long term, look at that. We look at that chart since he came in. This was a small, medium-sized company. And now it's one of the top companies in the world. Can we do a comparison with Visa? I'd like to see which one actually is, uh, which we're going to do that too. You have to curious. do that, huh? Yeah, I want On this day, on his big it. day, you got to go do that? Oh, there you go. All right. He there you go, wow. Mr. Know-it-all. Handily. Yeah, Mr. Know-it-all. Look at that. By the way, you could have just bought both of those, and that's it. That's true. But no, no. You insisted, you insisted on being the S&P index. You insisted. I think Hodge is unbelievable, and he will not be missed because he'll be here. Uh, it's going to be something to watch. Uh, meanwhile, as you probably know, big tech stocks lost more than $200 billion in market cap yesterday. All five tech stocks saw their stocks tumble at least 4%. Apple and Microsoft both saw about $60 billion wiped. Amazon Alphabet both shrunk by about $40 billion. Facebook, the least valuable member of the group, surrendered more than 25 Every Dow stock is down for the past week. And the ones that are down the most in the index, Apple, Intel, Microsoft. Yeah, which um, were have been the leaders, right? Uh, Intel, I think, was uh, is is starting a price war according to the reports against AMD. It's one of the reasons why AMD's been hit hard. What are you going to do? Uh, how can you know, people have to sell Apple? They've got a very big gain. I think it's going to be end up being a mistake, but they got to do it now. They feel like they have to. And Microsoft's been a horse. I think Microsoft is the one. If you want to buy a stock, if you want to get started, go ahead. I would do some Microsoft. Maybe put a quarter position on it. Not if it's up. No reason to buy anything if it's up, because that's just a sucker's game. That's taking people out of what it last night. Now we got a couple of uh, coronavirus-related downgrades today. B of A cuts Micron to uh, reduce. Oh, I hated um, that, but I get it. Underperform. Right. Uh, and then Nomura cuts NVIDIA to reduce, both citing the effects of uh, supply chain. And- yeah, they went with NVIDIA with the gaming. And, you know, I read that. I thought it was lame. I thought that was one of those. It's up. I mean, they should have just said it's up a lot. Let's go. That would have been fine. I wouldn't mind somebody says it's up a lot. Let's go. But NVIDIA is doing a lot of things that if you think about, oh, boy, I'm going to use some years. If you think about, say, 2021, NVIDIA's got a lot going. But I know that's a lifetime for a lot of people right now, 2021. Right? Yes. It's uh, more than a year away for the most part. Right. That is true, Jim. Let's get the opening bell here. S&P 500 at the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. At the big board at CNO Financial Group, a provider of health and life insurance, celebrating Investor Day at the NASDAQ Strat Tech Security, maker of automotive access control products. Celebrating its 25th. Speaking of Investor Days... 
JP Morgan, uh, Wilford Frost is covering that after we got some of the headlines last night regarding no more financing of the Arctic, $200 billion in uh, green financing, uh, limited coal financing, no fresh money going into coal. Look, yeah, I know. I mean, it's, I'm telling you, this is happening. It's happening so fast. You think it stops at coal? You think that's the only carbon? They, look at the Canadian, you see about the, the New York Times about the Canadian sands? They yep. just scrapped. It's like the biggest the project. Sands, yeah, Nine Alberta. years. Alberta, yeah. They, Nine years. Forward. No, this is um, all. It's all Yeah, the financing, listen, of, uh, it's, it's a good question. It would seem the cost of capital for those who uh, get stuff out of the ground is going to continue to go up, right? Right. In the, uh, the seven years. more expensive. But eventually, that's going to result in... Um, Gasoline being more expensive. Well, why? The Potentially seven, even electricity being this, more expensive. The seven-year curve for oil is the same price as now. Then it Does that anywhere. ever change? Even if the cost, of, change if the cost of getting out of time goes up, up, 51? up, and up because they can't nope. get access to the nope. capital? Now, it's a like. thin market out that far, but yeah. no. I mean, that is the tail of the tape. It oh, is. You're right. Yeah, tail of the tape. Uh, my, now, I just want to go back to Microsoft. You said you know, it's, a, it's up four. No. No, you don't buy Microsoft up four. Your point on energy, though, Jim, um, we did see spreads on high-yield energy uh, widen yesterday. you got to go back to 16, uh, May of 2016. Well, you got to worry about some of these natural gas companies because natural gas is well through the cost of, of what it costs to produce, you which make. I mean, you lose money on every, on every bit of natural gas, and they can't flare like they'd like to because flaring is... Bad for the environment. It is, although the administration is allowing it, but the companies are trying not to because, of course, (laughs) impacts their overall uh, carbon footprint and things of that nature. The companies are not following the president because the companies want shareholders. And the companies are recognizing that maybe the shareholder base that they thought they could have is not interested in these stocks anymore. Now, we've only had a couple big divestitures. We had the California system. We had Georgetown. But they're going to roll. I mean, I, I mean, having been involved with the investor at uh, at Harvard, it took eight years. But who's going to finance? Who's going to finance these companies? I mean, what Exxon's not going to be able, Chevron? They're not going to be able. Of course, no, they, they have good. They're still going to be able to. They, they have good raise money. But look at the balance sheets of some of these companies. If oil doesn't go up, they can continue to just run off. But they don't have a lot of growth. They're just not good. They're already not spending that much on big projects. Well, people thought that they, if they cooled that and they just started with uh, Simerex, Concho, Concho. Right. But even the big guys are not spending as much oh my on God. big projects. Dallas Fed says CapEx in their space, energy space, is down 10 to 20. Yeah. Which is incredible because they still have good Federal Reserve numbers in that area. Uh, but you know, let's take a case, Chenier, that just passed by LNG. Okay, well, there's going to be force majeure on those contracts. They want to cut Asia, the LNG. The buyers are going to declare a force majeure? I think so. The virus is going to be the... Th- what? Really? Who needs it? They don't need it. Their factories are running it. I haven't seen, I haven't seen the Well, there's going to be... Review. There, no, and I, I... Look, LNG is right now, it's still the greatest success story, but I just think it's a matter of time before these companies start. Now, look, uh, Sri Suki is always... He's the godfather of this industry. Has always said to me, don't worry, there's always going to be more customers, and that could be for a while, but... Look, they, the world is changing rather rapidly. And I don't think people realize how bad the slowdown is. 
Well, cheap gas, a lean anyway, is good for the consumer. And depots, comps were ahead. Yes, good point. Uh, you got a 10% div hike, Jim. Even Macy's here. Comps down half half a percent. We were looking for nine-tenths. I thought Macy's was fine. I mean, you know, look, they obviously have a corona problem because it's a, that big uh, store in New York. Uh, I, look, I think Macy's... Uh, they got that downgrade of their debt, and yet Gannett has done a very good job trying to clean up the balance sheet. And if they do the air rights for the middle, you know, for the uh, Herald Square, it's good. But nobody wants a classic department store. They don't mind getting a Home Depot because that has to do with construction, and, and that's interest rate play. Right. They don't mind Home Depot, David. Understood. Because it's, it's, yes. It's an interest rate play. Right. That's what I heard you say. And then you're going to talk about gardening season coming up. Yes, That's it is. Next. Remember, Christmas is gardening season. By the way, uh, Depot what, did say uh, appliance Christmas. Appliance comps at Depot up double digit. How do you like that? I mean, with you take out Sears and JCP. Is, I'm surprised. I mean, my turf sounds that I didn't think it was going to be this good. Remember, the previous quarter, they kind of blew. Uh, can I just say that Craig Benier is an amazing CEO and what they do to train their people, boot camp, and... This is amazing because you know, they have a tremendous theft problem, opiate, and they're trying to solve it. But it is not deniable. They will bring it up to you. They will tell you, listen, the shrinkage, the stealing is a real problem. I didn't think it was. They brought it to my attention. So they've done quite well. Um, Expedia cutting uh, 12% of its workforce. Bloated. 3,000 jobs. Uh, yeah. The other disappointment overnight, you mentioned Palo Alto, Jim. Uh, Shake Shack. Uh, revenue miss, comps down 3.6. QSR six. is turning into a real tough business. And a lot of this is, look, they talked about, they danced around the concept that they had this grub-up relationship. They kept saying it's causing volatility. Well, volatility is co-work for bad. Uh, yes, the QSR is a very troubled area right now. McDonald's is hanging in there. Uh, Wendy's launches breakfast uh, next week. I think it's going to be good. By the way, I had the chicken sandwich last weekend from the Popeye's. Acceptable. How was it? I had a couple bites. So you're not raving about it? No, I'm trying to. I'm Jimmy Chill. I'm trying to get thin. Right, but Wendy's good. is going higher. Wendy's, by the way, is doing excellent. Just want to give you a little, you know, little flavor there. Wendy's yeah. is doing very well. Right. That's the one. And I think breakfast is going to be a success for them. But, yeah, the group, I think Shake Shack could go down even more. That was a disappointing conference call. I really was kind of shaken by this whole, you know, this this delivery thing. It's like Rich Allison from Domino's. He's triumphed over this. But then it's stock went up 70. A bunch of hedge funds were shorted. What are you thinking, David? Uh, I'm thinking uh, Big Pharma. Are you surprised Merck, Pfizer, uh, Glaxo, all down 10 11% this year? A lot of people feel that Merck is too much of a one, one-trick pony. I disagree. They didn't like the, by the way, they didn't like the reorg. Merck is too much key true to uh, Pfizer doesn't really have anything that in the was, pipe to We've had of. important announcements. You're right. That reorg was a significant one, of course. They're not doing it. They do not have. The- they're not. They're not executing well. Uh, versus Lilly, which has got fabulous migraine drug. I know this is the spokesperson for American Migraine Foundation. Lilly is the only it one does. of the well, certainly one of the few of the big ones that's up. They're doing great diabetes work. Great work with migraine. They're a good company. Really good. Mr. Myers is flat for the year. Mr. Myers is terrific. That acquisition with Celgene is great. I don't know why he's picking on Bristol Myers. I'm not Have picking you, on it. I said it's flat for the year. Do you see Abby, my other fave? Yeah. Take a look at that. I haven't. Allergan has an instant pill for migraine. I want to point people out that because if you have a migraine, you can pop that in two hours. You can see straight versus what we all suffer, suffer from. 
I was trying to spread the word. I know, you're a good spokesman for, for trying migraine. To, trying to spread the word because there's a lot of people hurt, and there's really drugs for them now, and they don't go. And the doctors don't know about them, which is very upsetting to me. Uh, Boeing did get its first commercial order for the year. Yeah. Uh, ANA is going to buy some Dreamliners, uh, and that's uh, Boeing's in the green. You see uh, that with GE engines. That's, that's right. It's a, Instead of Rolls-Royce. That's right. It's a, big of a, it's a bit of a setback for Rolls. People should read Larry Culp's annual report yesterday. They sold, you know, they laid off a lot of people, but it's... I know. What, man, He's you a, know where I'm going on GE today, right? Everybody's been talking about employment headcount going back to 1951. Yeah. That's crazy. I had no, I mean, that's a lot of employees. 70, what was it? 78,000 people, people last year. Gone. Well, they just get rid of oil and gas and stuff. But yeah, that's Larry a Culp, stunning number. Larry Colt means business. That's why I felt that uh, our great friend Steve Tuso ought to reevaluate. Because this man is, he means business. And by the way, he's still not done. He says that power's not that good. But, when, you know, onshore windmill doing very well. Not that you care, but he's got a lot of megawatts. Why wouldn't I care about onshore windmill? Of course I do. You do? Sure. Okay. Turbine business getting a little better, David. Yes. Uh, healthcare very strong, but aerospace is amazing. Well, but in well, power, gotta, as long uh, the question is, is power? He says here. he's not done power. Has it you know, reached you imagine, the bottom? He seems like the nicest guy in the world. I happen to think he's the nice guy in the world. I think it, that it, he's got a whole new management team, got new board members. I don't know. I mean, if you don't deliver, I think that something, he's a little Belichick-like, what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but he's not... He's not derisive. He's not mean. He's not wearing a hoodie. But he has a Belichick attitude. I think he wants to win. What's the matter? No, he does. He wants to win. He wants to win. Yep. What are you focused on that you're obviously mimicking me and not paying any attention to what I, I say? I am paying attention. And hurting my feelings. I'm trying to put together. Not unlike the surprise party. Not unlike the surprise party. We read those snippets. They made me sound totally like I was back. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm, let's, let's, I'm sorry. I'll save you here, Jim. I'm sorry. Let's do. Um, I didn't mean that. I'm really sorry. After after Palo Alto last night, I'm really are there sorry any implications wow. for Salesforce tonight? CRM stock is up. I don't know why it's running. Why is it running? Jeez, I mean that's just crazy. All these stocks are running so much. Yeah. I wish that they weren't. I think that Mark can do a good. It's Keith. It's Keith Block, the co-CEO. But, you know, running ahead of this, it, these have all been going down and down and down. But Mark has to deliver a quarter that's the single best quarter they can ever do. And I don't know how you do it in this environment. Maybe you can do it, but that's a rough one. Yeah. We'll, get, we'll get Salesforce and Virgin Galactic tonight. Oh, my. Virgin, Virgin Galactic, Galactic won't stop. Never goes down. Won't stop. There's no coronavirus on <laughs> Mars. Space. That's a good point. Yeah. It's a health play. <laughs> I didn't even thought of that. It's a health play. I'm going to space. I won't that, need a mask there. No, you won't. I'll just David. need an entire suit. Yeah, you'll be so in I'll the, be fine anyway. You won't. Take that 3M thing and throw it away. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm no shaking hands when you're alone on a plane. <laughs> uh, so Dow's up 100. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Morning, Bob. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Uh, Dow up nicely. Home Depot's helping. Good earnings. But we still have those profit warnings from MasterCard, United Airlines. Uh, still weighing on the markets. But you see the bounce back here. Here's emerging markets. Tough month for them. Bouncing semis modestly on the upside. This is a little ominous here, though. Materials and industrials still very obviously exposed to coronavirus. Nothing going on here. No real signs of a bounce. You want to keep an eye on that. And banks, well, we have 10-year yields at four-year lows right now here also. So several important sectors here really not participating in this rally at all. And obviously you want to keep an eye 
on that. In terms of the coronavirus impact, we still don't know, uh, but there's a lot of people taking stabs out of it. Uh, Oxford Economics out with a big, widely cited study this morning. Global economy could have a more than trillion dollar loss. Now, we're talking about 90 trillion dollars for the global economy, but even that is actually quite important overall. Global growth could go to 2.3 percent. That would be the lowest uh, in several years. China growth could go to 3.8. We were talking 5 to 6 percent just uh, just uh, two months ago. So these are all estimates. We don't know where they're going, but there are uh, companies out there trying to take a stab at the overall losses. I think it's important to note that this is still a very much a garden variety, even mini correction. The global stocks are not down that much. If you just take a look at what's going on, Hong Kong is the only really major group that's actually in any kind of correction down more than 10 percent. We're down 11 percent for Hong Kong. Shanghai's down 8 percent. Japan's down 6 percent. This is from 52 week highs we're talking about. Europe 5 and the U.S. Uh, less than 5 percent uh, from 52 week highs. So bear in mind here. We're not having any kind of global catastrophe so far. Very typical to see 5 to 10 percent corrections over the course uh, of a year. So just keep it in perspective here. There are some big caps tech stocks in the United States that have been sort of in a correction mode here. Disney, Intel, Microsoft, Facebook, they're all down 10 percent or more from their 52-week highs, which in almost all cases, Disney was just a while ago, a month or two ago, but all of these are fairly recently off. So it's not that there isn't any damage at all. There definitely is. But remember the big run-ups that some of these stocks have had uh, going into this this whole mess here. S&P 500, in terms of the estimates, they've been coming down rather aggressively in the last few weeks. Today, it's at 3 percent. This is the estimated growth for the S&P for the first quarter, which is the one we care about. January 31st, it was 5.4 percent. This is a much more aggressive downturn than it normally happens. And obviously, this is due to coronavirus. Now, financial journalists like us, we tend to make fun of the analysts because they tend to be a little slow taking their numbers down. The market reacts and then they take their numbers down. But in this case, the analysts have been pretty aggressive since the end of January, particularly in certain sectors. So if you look here, automobiles down 30 percent since the end of January. These are how much the earnings have come down since the end of January. Capital goods down 13 percent. Energy down 12. Materials materials down 12 percent. So for once, David, you could certainly say at least there are people that are out there that have been aggressively taking down the numbers even before the market actually did so. Guys, back to you. All right, Bob, thank you. Bob Sani covering all things for us market related. Let's get specific here to HP and Xerox yet again. Of course, that battle continuing. Yesterday, we got numbers after the bell from uh, HP. Uh, Inc. And they were good. They were strong numbers uh, in terms of at least where the analysts were in terms of the company beating those estimates. But more importantly, it was the plan that uh, HP unveiled, what it's calling its strategic and financial value creation plan over the next few years that certainly has the attention of shareholders and, of course, relates to what may be coming talks with Xerox. More on that in a moment. As for the plan itself, the headlines there, well, a return of capital as much as $15 billion uh, in total share repurchase in terms of the authorization, targeting $16 billion in capital return planned over the next three years. That would be about 50% of the company's market value, although it's a bit more today given that 4% rise. And $8 billion of that share repurchase is scheduled to take place on so what we call an accelerated basis almost uh, in the 12 months that follow the annual meeting, although interestingly, not before that. Remember, that meeting will take place most likely in May. It's going to be an important meeting. All the directors are up. It's the battle with Xerox, which is nominated for all the seats that are up, which is everything, the entire board. It's not a staggered board uh, and would allow, of course, the company to potentially take over and institute its tender because the pill would get 
pulled, so forth and so on. By the way, earnings guidance for 2022, 325 to 365 a share. That is also above estimates. So the stock may be getting a, a bump because of beating, right. raising a bit, and, and others. Although there's also a lot of uncertainty involving what we've been discussing here, of course, the coronavirus uh, and the like. When it comes to Xerox, though, and there are a lot of questions on the, on the call, there was one line in the release in terms of the, all the different reasons why they don't feel Xerox, at least at this point, is viable in terms of where its offer is, remember, about 1840 in cash and, and then stock getting up to uh, up to 24. Uh, they say, though, that HP is going to reach out to Xerox to explore if there is a combination that creates value for HP shareholders and is additive to this strategic and financial plan. A lot of questions, of course, from CEO Enrique Lori regarding that. Tony Sakanagi asking one of them in terms of, well, does that mean you'll never envision a, a scenario in which Xerox would buy you or could you? And here's the answer from uh, Lori. I don't think that who buys what is a real conversation. The real conversation is to make sure that either, that either two companies get together, if in fact they do, we address the issues that we outlined during the call. First, we need to make sure the valuation of the two companies is fair based on the value that both companies are going to be bringing to the jo uh, joint entity. We need to make sure the resulting capital structure makes sense for the businesses where we will be operating. And they go on to point out, by the way, that they don't have that much overlap. They also say we need to make sure there's a fair, clear assessment of what the synergies are. This is, I think, the important conversations for our shareholders. And if we clarify that, then who and how are things that will be discussed after that? They haven't started those discussions yet, as far as I'm aware, and talking to people on both sides. But you would expect they perhaps will, uh, will begin fairly soon. It's interesting, Jim. They put themselves in this position. Of course, Xerox is up, too on part because the expectation if these do take place, you end up with a deal in which HP potentially would actually acquire Xerox, although right now the only deal in play is the Xerox acquisition of HP. That's the deal that shareholders as of now will be voting on should there be no resolution in terms of conversations between the two getting anywhere uh, in terms of a deal, who would run the combined company and so on and so forth. I am shocked that HPQ is not up more. It was a remarkable quarter. No one seems to care. Buying back half of the company, including $8 billion in the next year, how can that not be noteworthy? The, uh, they beat every single analyst's expectation. Uh, when I speak with the company, I'm, I, I thought for sure the stock could be up a couple of bucks. I mean, maybe at least a buck and a half. It didn't seem to mean anything. Well, wow. Questioning whether they pulled earnings forward, oh. uh, why they're not starting the buyback sooner. Um, you know, wow. revenue growth, still a question, gotcha. coronavirus. All right. Um, we'll stay on top of it, of course, uh, as you know. Let's head to the bond pits now, though. Check in with Rick Santelli, who joins us from the CME Group in Chicago. Rick. Good morning, David. Well, the yield curve is melting from the short end again. Look at one week of twos as we start to dip below yesterday's lows. The same is true for tens. Even though the amounts are only about a half a basis point, down around 122 for twos versus 123 and 135 versus 136 for 10s. Let's look at a two-year. Last time it closed at these levels, April of 2017. Now, let's even go further back. Let's go back to June of 2016 for 10s because 10s at this area are toying with the lowest yield close ever, around 135 and change in July of 2016. And... Zoom back four years, July of 2012, same level, which really makes technicians nervous. 
technicians don't like triple bottoms. So the fact that we're hovering in the same zone as the double bottoms created in 2012 and 2016 is making traders think we're going to go through this. And if it isn't now, we will come back and go through it, which is really making the long end quite sluggish as well. And if we look at the relationship or the spread between the yields of 10-year notes and the yields of two-year notes, that difference right now is 12 basis points in the zip code of the flattest closes uh, going back to October of 2019. Finally, another spread that's of major importance, and that is the spread between 10-year notes in the U.S. and 10-year boons in Europe. That difference is 186 basis points as we continue to see that U.S. yields the safe haven trade is a much bigger magnet than in the safe havens of the sovereigns of Europe in the form of boons. That spread now under 190 is the closest our yields have been since around September of 2017. Carl, David, Jim, back to you. All right, Rick, thank you. Uh, along with your discussion about uh, the curve, we did open up, uh, had a gain on the Dow as high as 188 points, uh, then briefly went negative about uh, 18 minutes into the session, currently up 20. Back after a short break. You're going to get to know this name, uh, Moderna, which has uh, mm -hmm. shipped a vaccine to the government for study, hoping for a clinical trial by the end of April, which would be record-setting speed. Stock's up 13%. Uh, Dow's up 79. We're back after a short break. Jim, what's on Matt tonight? Well, first, I want to apologize again for my um, little outrageous... Uh, David, sorry. We've got uh, Wex. We've got Mark Benioff. Hold on, look at this. We also have Ajibanga and his successor, Michael Meebach. What a show. I cannot wait. And I want to be a little more optimistic. People understand. We're going to make it. Jim, we'll see you tonight. Mad Money, 6 p.m. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course. Get the limited-time offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses.